these 16 names, the entire Vedic scriptures are contained. Genuine pure devotional substance in the kirtan in order for the kirtan to actually be successful. Remember. Not considering whether one is proper or improper recipient, he gives his treasure to anyone and everyone. time for another episode of the 24-hour Kirtan podcast, recorded on Sunday the 1st of November 2015. Yesterday, on Sri Narutam Das Thakur's Disappearance Day, we had an 8-hour Kartik Kirtan festival at the Zurich Temple from 12 o'clock noon through 8 in the evening, organized by Ratna Manjari and Shamananda. If you're from Switzerland or visit the country, remember that every last Saturday of the month we have an 8-hour Kirtan festival. The Sunday program takes place every week and also offers four and a half hours of kirtan altogether. In this episode, we'll read an article about the holy month of Kartik published by Rindavan Today 
a non-denominational, non-sectarian site dedicated to the uplift and positive development of Sri Vindavan Dham. We also have a long Q&A with Vijay Krishna from the Kirtaniyas recorded at Bhakti Festival this summer in the Swiss mountains as well as an interview I conducted myself at the same festival. In Vrindavan, the 40-day-long Kartik Niyam Seva begins from Shukla Ikadashi, which this year fell on the 24th of October. Some devotees begin their vow a couple of days later on Sharad Purnim. In both cases, the Rata lasts until Kartik Ras Purnim. People from around the world have started coming to Vrindavan to celebrate the holy month. Hotels and guest houses are already full. The temples of Sapta Devalayas have begun attracting the devotees since morning 3 a.m. They attend the Mangal Arati in Sri Radha Shyam Sundar Mandir at 3 a.m., followed by Radha Damodar at 4 a.m., Radha Govindadev and Radha Raman at 4.30 a.m., Radha Gopinath and Gokulananda at 5 a.m., and Radha Madan Mohan at 5.30 a.m. They sing and dance glorifying the Lord's name. Groups of devotees belonging from various ashrams and temple participate in the Nagar Sankirtans which pass through the markets and small lanes of Sridham Vrindavan.
Devotees offer lamps to their deities in the morning and in the evening during the Aartis. They perform four rounds of Parikram of the Damodar Mandir, resembling one full Parikram of Sri Govardhan Hill. Many devotees take the vow of daily Parikram of Sri Dham Rindavan. Gaudiyas especially observe Kartik Brata for the purpose of worshipping and pleasing the divine couple. They sing the songs of the various pastimes of the Lordships and full-heartedly glorify Lord Damodar of Gokul throughout this month and devotedly worship the mischievous and beautiful form of Lord Krishna. The devotees follow all the strict rules and regulations related to their bhajans and adopt sattvic lifestyles for the 40-day-long Niyamseva. Many take the vow of bathing early in the morning, cooking food with their own hands, walking barefoot in Vrindavan and Raj, increasing their number of japa rounds and reading the sacred texts that describe the pastimes of the divine couple of Radha Shyam Sundar. Melody starts wistful and longing. It sweeps the crowd. The singer closes his eyes and his song bursts forth. It is wrenched from his heart, it seems. We call out in response. It is an easy mantra. Symbols clash and punctuate a rhythm. Drums begin to throb and thunder. They say the drum beat represents the heartbeat of God maddened by love. That's the Kirtaniyas, four talented singers and musicians. These energetic, multi-talented artists come from a rich, colorful background. They grew up in a Krishna culture of song, dance, philosophy and devotion. At the heart of it all, there was always Kirtan. It owned their passion before they could talk. Relentlessly tapping out drum beads till they got on their mother's nerves, dreamily humming tunes, Studying songs and lyrics and language, learning to play instruments, they were never more passionate about anything. They live by kirtan, they relish it day after day, and they're inviting everyone with the following words. How would you tell someone what sugar tastes like when they have never tasted it? How can we describe kirtan? You have to come and taste it, relish its sweetness for yourself. Krishna Chandra, one of the organizers of the Swiss Bhakti Festival, hosted a questions and answers session with Vijay Krishna from the Kirtaniyas during this year's event.
discover uh, some direct experiences from the devotee. This is something else than just philosophical teachings and tattva. We need always to know how to apply spiritual principles. That's why it's important to hear from the experiences of the devotees. And also when one hears, how should I apply the philosophy? How should I live it exactly? And we start, this becomes refined by hearing from devotees. And not just this. So uh, I'm from Birmingham, UK, England, and uh, we had um, a small temple, a small Hare Krishna temple there. About 30, 31 years ago, it was established by my like uncle, Ashram Maharaj, and his sidekick, Bhakta Phil, later Parantapa, later Prem Prayojan. <laughs> Me and Prem Prayojan were born in the same, we're from, both from Birmingham, the same city. And uh, growing up, he was, he was always there. He, he used to, he told me that when I was a baby, he used to put food in my mouth. <laughs> put shadam in my mouth. So I've been, I've known Prem Prayojan Ji my whole life. And um, yeah, when he was Phil, Philip. 
And um, yeah, this temple we had, it was, uh, it had a brahmachari ashram, so there were, there were monks living there, and uh, we used to go every Sunday and for special occasions to the temple, and I was so captured from a, a very young age, I don't know if it was the suffering that I went through or whatever it was, this attraction that I was pulled towards the temple. The temple was just the most wonderful experience. It smelled like heaven. You walk into the temple and the fine incense, flowers and ghee. You know that smell, the combination of flowers, incense and ghee is a very nice combination. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was always nice going to the temple and especially the kirtan. My uncle Ashram Maharaj, he's, um, he's from Africa and he's from a tribe there. His father's actually a, a, a king of a, uh, of a tribe. And so the tribal element was in the kirtan quite a lot. <laughs> We'd have two or three madangas and the brahmacharis and they'd play, play, play. And, and then I had another uncle come along later from another African uncle, and Prem Parishan was there. He was very young too, back, back in those days. And we'd have kirtan for three or four hours in, for the Sunday program. And I remember being, you know, all ages from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, growing up, going to the temple on Sunday and just being so captivated by the spiritual world within the temple. You know, there really was something special in the temple. And when I go to school, I. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I just think about Sunday. <laughs> I was sitting in class, playing Mudanga on my knees, thinking, oh yes, on Sunday, I can't wait to see the Brahmacharis playing Mudanga. I love seeing the Brahmacharis, I love seeing Prem Parishan play, play Mudanga. And they, he taught me my first beat, actually. Da, take, take, da, da, take, take, da. Very simple, you know? So, um, completely obsessed from such a young age. I was just like, I just want to do kirtan all the time. I want to play Muranga. Muranga is the best toy, the best instrument, the best friend, the best everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a, it, was, it became a, a helpless obsession. Really just a, 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 a young, childlike, helpless obsession. And, became attracted to the altars that were made in the temple, the big picture of the Panchatattva and Lord Chaitanya in the middle with his arms raised in the air. And this was a, a culture of kirtan, of celebration, of chanting and dancing. I couldn't think of a most, more wonderful way to express love for God or for love. love. Ch when I see the ecstasy that the devotees were, were chanting in, in the temple, it was just captivating. And as I grew older and older and older, went through school. I didn't hide that I was a devotee so much in school, and that was that made that made it hard actually. Growing up in Birmingham, and especially in a bit of a rough area, a bit like a ghetto, you know. <laughs> so I always kept my sikha. I always kept my neck beads, keeping pure vegetarian diet, not going out with my friends and having fun. I didn't have so much fun growing up at school, but I was thinking about Sunday. <laughs> I, have I have fun on Sunday, not Saturday night. <laughs> and yeah, going to school, um, my, my headphones really were, were, 
were what got me through actually you know having you know having tough life growing up teenagehood and going going having a <clears throat> having a temple at home and then having the outside world so I'd go back to my home which had a temple and prashad and this spiritual atmosphere and then at school was a whole other story it was another world so I had to understand how do these two worlds work how do I balance how do I synthesize how do I work with these two worlds you know it's a very interesting one to have to figure out you know really have to figure out and um yeah I was always listening to Kirtan and have all these different tapes so many different tapes of my Kirtan heroes and I would just listen all the time hours and hours and hours every day three four hours a day listening to Kirtan and also a bedtime headphones repeat. So I had the whole track just playing over and over and over and over again. This CD is just, as I slept and wake, morning time I'd wake up, take the headphones out, go and get ready for school. <laughs> so that's how, that's mostly how my kirtans come. And by the grace of my guru, my guru, the, the attraction was there, but like, like a fire being put with ghee, my guru was always putting ghee. My guru is Srila Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj. Yeah. In 1996, a very special personality came along and he shook the Hare Krishna world. We had the, you know, we had the ISKCON family. And then someone was coming along that was further nourishing, giving further nourishment, more nourishment, extra special nourishment. And he said this, when I first heard about him from my father, one of the things, actually the very first thing he said, I was living in Spain when I was 11 years old. My mother and father split up when I was very young, three or four years old. And when I was 10 or 11, um, my mother moved to Spain and took me and my brother away from our father. And um, so there were no devotees in Spain and my, I had no Sunday program. I had nothing. I had my Krishna book, one Krishna book. And I would keep it with me at the table at dinner time. And take one grain of rice and touch it to right in Krishna's face, my book. Touch it. Okay, now it's prashad and I can eat. And I had my mala, my beads. Sometimes not even my mala, but somehow is so caught by chanting, actually, a young age more than some of my teenagehood. When I was very, 11, 12, I found, I'd go to bed at night and counting on my fingers, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Ram, Ram, counting, counting. Oh, now I did 108. Now I, I did one round. So I would count on my fingers, 108. Anyway, so when my dad called up, he said, oh, our, our Guru Maharaj, we were following Shula Gorgovinda Maharaj, originally in ISKCON, and he was, wow, he was such a source of powerful inspiration for our temple. And my father said that now Guru Maharaj has left. But there's someone else. Someone's coming along. His name is Narayan Maharaj. And do you know what he's saying? He's saying that actually, we're not devotees of Krishna. We're devotees of Radha. As an 11-year-old boy, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard. I didn't, I didn't, how, I, I almost dropped the phone. What? We're devotees of Radha? Because all I had was my Krishna book. The Krishna book is just about simple pastimes of Krishna, killing demons and, and being with Radharani. And this Krishna book is so wonderful. And then all of a sudden, what? Radharani is, we worshiping Radharani, Radha, not Krishna. Wow. 
this is a different thing. It's Krishna consciousness, Krishna consciousness, Krishna consciousness. But now, Radha consciousness. <laughs> something like that, something like that. So, um, and he said, you know, his, his pranam mantra, his, the mantra for, you know, his um, invocation, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Radhikai Priyatmani, Sri Srimad Bhaktivedanta Narayaniti Namini. So I'd grown up with Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swaminiti Namini. Our Swami Maharaj Prabhupada is dear to Krishna. He's so dear to Krishna, Krishna Prashta. And now Narayan Maharaj has come, his special friend from Vrindavan, and he's Radhikai Priyatmani, he's very dear to Radha. So this was very amazing for my head <laughs> and my heart. It felt very powerful. And of course there was some, there was some turmoil in the Vaishnav community between Iskon and Narayan Maharaj because my guru was coming and giving some deeper truth, some deeper, some, he was encouraging people to look deeper, let's look deeper. Not that Prabhupada hasn't given everything, Prabhupada has given everything, but how do we understand? We have to understand everything is mood. Bhakti is mood. So how can we understand Prabhupada's words really? With real, how, what did Prabhupada mean? What is his mood? And this was a new thing. We, I didn't have that before. This now Gurudev coming and saying we have to understand the mood of Bhakti. This is quite interesting. And then just before I met him in 1997, 11 years old, I heard one of, one of his, this, the, what he's saying, one of the special things he's saying is that devotees should have love and affection for one another. Devotees should have love and affection for each other. I never heard that before. This was a new thing, but it was so obvious. It wasn't ever emphasized, it was never told to me, but then, it's so obvious, love and affection. Special words, these two really amazing special words. So then I met him in 97, at 11 years old. And uh, it was a new thing, that was it, the whole, Krishna conscious story now took a whole other, it was a whole new dimension. It was a bigger world, it was a more detailed world, it was a sweeter world, it was a more lovely world. Not that it wasn't before, it's just that now it was being opened more, there's more windows to the spiritual world, there's more detail, there's a lot more going on. So that was in 1997, and I, I used to go and, I was only 11, I was used to the previous thing in, in ISKCON of Having, you know, you have to live in the temple for six months, follow four regulative principles, 16 rounds a day if you want to consider taking initiation, if you want to be considered for initiation. So I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm just a child, but I would really like a name for my guru. I hope he can give me a name. I can't, maybe not initiation, just some nice gift of a name for me. So every day I would go to his room and knock, and his servant would come and answer and say, not today, now Gurudev is taking prasad, come back tomorrow. And then I came back tomorrow, next day. Not now, now Gurudev is taking a rest, come back tomorrow. Or something, one thing after another, each day, each day, going back, going back. I want, to, I want a name, I want to have a name. And then on the last day of the festival, we finally got to sit down in front of Gurudev, me and my brother Yadu, Yadu Bar, young, younger. And I said, please just, can I have a name? And he said, you are taking Harinam initiation. And then he said, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. 
and we responded. We said back and forth. First he, first he said Hare Krishna, then we said Hare Krishna. Then he said Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare, back and forth like this. And then Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare. So he gave us the name like a really like it was given in different sec sections. Um, and then you know he then he thought about a name. And what his servant was suggesting some names. Maybe you can give him this name, this name. And he said, shh. And then he looked out the window. And for just some seconds he was thinking. And then he looked back at me sitting down. He said, Vijay Krishna. I was so happy with this name. He gave me this name, Vijay Krishna. Oh, what a sweet name. So that's, that's how it started with him. Vijay means victory. Vijay Krishna, yeah, victory Krishna. But also, deeper meaning, who has victory over Krishna? <laughs> who is more victorious than Krishna? Only one person. <laughs> so, um, and then, some years, at that time, after meeting Gurudev, I wanted to be closer to my Guru, and I wanted to have the opportunity to go to Vrindavan and India. Navadweep. So I made the decision to live with my father when I was about 13 years old. To, to leave my mother in Spain and go and live with my father who had a temple who was going to India with my guru. That was just, it became too important to me to, ha to not have. I had to have it. I had to be closer to the devotees. I lived two or three years in Spain without any, hardly any devotee association and it was... I was losing, where's, my ma where's the magic? Where's the magic of the Sunday program? I want the Sunday program. And um, yeah, um, I moved with my, f I went back with my father and it was a big court case. My mother was so sad, of course. Can you imagine, I had to say, mother, I'm going to live with my father now. Really big heartbreak, trauma, like heavy, you know. She forgives me now. <laughs> But um, so then I lived with my father, and then in 1999 he took me to Navadweep, and um, then I took second initiation Diksha when I was about 12, 13, for my Gurudev, very young, and being in Navadweep, in India where the the the, the Brahmacharis have the kirtan there, I, I'd never seen anything like it. It was a whole new world. The Mudanga players were spinning their heads. They were, the Mudanga players were headbanging. <laughs> it was like, whoa! They had, they had cartels this big, not cartels this big. <laughs> big cartels, extra, extra large. <laughs> so, um, and how they were dancing and just singing and being completely crazy in the Kirtan was just, it was wonderful. And then onwards, onwards. <laughs> that was, yeah. Janet, you can tell something about you grown up with Kirtan, right? Like Kirtan in your blood. Yeah. We have different songs, children, you have all the songs and just vibrating Kirtan. Um, was there a time of some rebellion? Of some, no, no, it's not my path. Maybe mm. I, I cannot anymore. And what was the point? You grow up with it, where you took your really your own decision. Mm. 
Yeah. I think just my karma or my fortune, it was just too attractive. It was undeniably attractive from such a young age. I was so naturally attracted to the process, the bhakti process, the devotees and the, the vibration that uh, it, it was just, it was so good. It was too good to be true. It was so good that I, no matter what, no what, what my up and down was, my troubles in life and suffering and just the things that the world gives us to make us stronger. When I had Krishna, when I had the Vaishnavas and when I had chanting, Kirtan, then it was, no matter what, it was a steady. It, it helped me, it, it was like a weight for me, you know, in my heart, just steady. So I never, I never went, I never went against it or changed. Not like some of my other brothers and sisters that have grown up since birth with Krishna. This different extent. Some of them are up to forty years old. The youngest, second generation Hare Krishna children, about well, not children anymore. They're forty, or and then there's different degrees. And some of the older ones had it a bit more rough. It was a bit more intense when their parents first came and. They were following very intensely and fanatically and putting into the children, pushing the children. You have to sing, you have to do 16 rounds and all of these things, psychological stuff that the parents were getting and then putting onto the children. It created some complexes. But my parents were always very open-minded. Actually, my parents weren't full Hare Krishnas as such. They were kind of hippie Krishnas or gypsy Krishnas. They were a bit, bit more diverse. They, they, were, they were just, there was more to the world. You know, there was a lot more going on. There were, bit of Rastafari, bit of this, bit of that. But for the most part, Krishna was the extraordinary, the special, special thing in, in our life amongst all these things. So my father, always, my father and mother always encouraged to have a, an open-minded approach and not be too like this in, in, in the danger that you, know, you can become unbalanced. So I never had any rebellion or such. Not as such. And even faith crisis, not so much because the experience in, in Kirtan and, and being with great Vaishnavas like my Gurudev and it was such a tangible quality experience. It was so real that it was undeniable. That if this process, this this process of festivity, of glorifying, of celebrating our way to the divine, I mean it was just too real, you know? It was just too real. Like, how can this not be true? How can it not be true for me? Because I feel it. I feel the magic in Kirtan. I feel the magic in Bhakti. So no matter what I do, I know that that's where my magic is. That's where, that's where I go for my, for my nourishment, for my nectar, you know? Do you remember? There was a, like a personal choice, yes. Or this was like constantly growing. Growing. <coughs> it just kept growing. Yeah, just kept growing. The enthusiasm and the the magic, the kirtan just becomes even more m magical. <laughs> what can I, what can I say? As far as I understood, the bond between your mother is okay. The what? The relationship between your mother is okay. Is okay? Yeah, okay. it's good. I have six brothers. I have the six of us. Yeah, I'm the eldest of six. And yeah, all of them met Gurudev. All of them met Gurudev. They all have a name from Gurudev. 
Vijay Krishna, Yadubar, Rohini, Tamal Krishna, Arjuna, Radha, and Jai. <laughs> it's a big family. We have my my father had was married three times, and um, so he has three sets, four sets of kids. My father has. <laughs> he has brown ones. He has white ones. He has all sorts of different colors. <laughs> I'm the only brown one, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my younger brother, Yadubar, is a bank manager. My sister, Rohini, is an artist. Tamal Krishna is a Buddhist meditator. He meditates six hours a day. My little brother, he's 20 years old. He just meditates. First thing in the morning, shower, sit down, meditate. He's really into the Buddhist thing right now. It's very interesting. And Arjuna is the next one down. He's, I'm the smallest. I'm the eldest, but I'm the smallest. So all my brothers, as they get younger, they're taller, 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 taller. My 18-year-old brother is this much taller than me, very big. His name's Arjuna. He has such a sharp mind. But it's not take, they're not, these brothers and sisters are not really taking to bhakti as such. They have prasad every day. You know, they talk about, they, they know about it. They know about everything. They're not practicing as such. Some of them say, if there's a God, it's Krishna. <laughs> Some of them, you know, this, a bit of this and a bit of that, you know, mix. Radha is a, uh, also an artist, and Jai is the youngest. He's 11. Yeah, he's still in school. So. We have a whole variety. Musician, bohemian, bank manager. You know, uh, my sister's like a goth, <laughs> Rahini. And yeah, it's a whole interesting, diverse pack of children, you know. Can you tell something how it came that suddenly your service and your maintenance is like traveling all over the world and doing kirtans? Mm. Yeah, this, this was very appealing to me. If I could find a way that I could always do kirtan, <laughs> then that would be a good lifestyle. I'd be happy doing that. <laughs> So somehow, my, my Guru Maharaj was always very encouraging to me from when he first met me. Always play Madanga, he said. Always play Madanga. So that was a good one. Okay, absolutely. I'll always play Madanga. So that's what I did. I just played, 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 played. And um, my Gurudev wanted me to... I used to travel lots with sannyasis, with different Maharajas around the world. To Brazil, Australia, Bolivia, all around Europe, America. I traveled with Prem Priyajan when he was a sannyasi in 2005. Yes. When I was 17, I finished secondary school. I bought a one-way ticket to India. <laughs> Goodbye, Birmingham. I'm going to India. <laughs> really, I was college, university, Haribo, <laughs> India. <laughs> I'll go to college in India. I'll learn how to, how to, how to sweep the temple and play Madanga and massage my Guruji and learn how to cook and learn all these other devotional arts that make you rich. I saw that, you know, we can go to India and I can also become rich. I don't have to become, go through school and do the conventional way and become rich, so to speak, and work for somebody else's money or do these different things. Somehow I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I'm adventurous. I like to travel. I love Kirtan. I like being with the Vaishnavas. I need to maintain. I need to pay for all of my tickets and, you know, and my food. So let's bring it all together. And um, so that's what I did. I traveled with the Maharajas and received some nice training and learned, more, learned about the philosophy, learned cooking, 
learned all of these devotional arts and um, yeah, eventually I thought, 2009, I, th I thought maybe I should make a kirtan band. We should make a Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I wanted. To be, I, I, I think even though I got married, I never stopped being a monk in one way. You know, I'm very. I like, like to live very simply. You know, the advice of there's one nice small uh, injunction that said that's Vaishnavata hi no, Saralataha hi Vaishnavata, which means simplicity is Vaishnavism. So, like the idea of living simple, I saw those who were living more simply had had a simple approach to life, and it was life was easier, you know. So, having good training from the sannyasis and in the in the temples in India was so good. It was so so good to have. And I thought I'd incorporate all of those things together and try and move, keep moving forward. However, I can keep going to the next kirtan, meet more devotees, and. Especially sharing Krishna's name, Krishna, the, the kirtan with new people was really wonderful. Having experience of being on a stage, sometimes 20, 30,000 people on festivals, you know, I'm singing Nitai Goranga with 20,000 people, kids, you know. And when you see, when you see the, the, the energy, when you see the faces, when you see 20,000 people jumping up and down singing Nitai Goranga, looking really happy, feeling really happy, then it's like, wow, this is this something in this. This sharing of the names, sharing of the bhakti culture, of Sankirtan, chanting and dancing, really, I think, I did, like my Guru Maharaj used to say, in the kirtan, when we have kirtan, where are the problems? There's no problems in the kirtan. When we're dancing, we're dancing on the head of our problems. There's no problems. And I saw this, I've seen it with all, in all sorts in different countries, from Brazil to Australia to, to India. I've seen that the, the response to chanting to the Sankirtan culture with Sangha and Kirtan, Sankirtan. Seeing young people and people of all ages take to, take to this chanting and it's just such an overwhelming, wonderful experience. I'm thinking it's such a great thing to share to share such a happy experience. Not just like any music, music makes people f feel happy, but when you can engage people in singing to sweet melodies and jumping and dancing, then, then you know, it's something else, man, <laughs> something else. So yeah, that became my obsession, sharing. Then how the came? In 2009, um, I was inspired to make a band, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna make a list of one way closest friend who can play some nice kirtan, I'm gonna see, you know, see what everyone's doing and we can see, maybe put something together and I'll meet them in America. We were in uh, Europe at the time, 2009, and then we went to America and got two other band members. Actually, there were, there were about four or five originally, but then two extras, Rasika and Nitai. We came together in Los Angeles and um, started just doing really small kirtans in yoga centers. The temple had, the temple had two old old bikes, bicycles, and then somehow we had we we bought two more bicycles, and we drive around um, parts of Los Angeles on our bikes, and on the back we had um, like a baby carriage, 
You know, like on one of these baby things on the back of a bicycle. Have you ever seen that before? We put our harmonium and our mudang inside, and we drive to we drive to di to different yoga studios on our bikes, and we'd sit and we'd play kirtan. It was wonderful. Sometimes just eight. We started off with eight, you know, nine, ten people, and um, yeah, it started catching on. And these these beautiful chants and melodies and songs that we'd been taught by our Gurudev from this foreign land of Brindavan. People were so appreciative of them. People were so wanting to come and hear about this bhakti yoga. And I feel that it was from that that it became also more valuable to me. When I share, when I share kirtan, when I share bhakti, it became more valuable to me. And I think that's the magic when, when Sadhamaraj is talking about Nityananda especially. Because Lord Chaitanya is dancing in the kirtan, he's tasting, he's tasting, tasting, tasting. But Nityananda Prabhu is the one who's putting, on the, putting it all together. He's putting on the party. Lord Chaitanya is the, is the, he's the star of the party, but Nityananda Prabhu is the promoter. He's going around saying, hey, we're having one really nice kirtan, you must come. Nityananda Prabhu is going all around Navadip, all around Puri, saying, everyone must come to the kirtan, it's mind-blowing, you have to see Lord Chaitanya dance. So that idea of Nityananda Prabhu being, being in that part of bringing people, being a connection of the names, being the person who's being, you know, being able to be engaged in the sharing of mantras and the Gauranga's name, Hare Krishna, Radhe Radhe, and all of these beautiful melodies. It was enriching to see the response of the people. The people wanted it. The people want bhakti. The people want these names. People want to feel good. So, um, yeah, I just got involved with doing that more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 play lots of big festivals in America and big festivals here too. We did Barcelona Yoga Conference, two three thousand people. Yeah, lots of different places and sometimes I the the Kirtaniers is now a bit of a bigger crew now. We have if it's a big festival and we're all together, say in America, we have two mudangas, two violins, three dancers, only dancers, and then six singers. Singers and cartels and everything. So yeah, when we have the full crew together, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's colorful, and we're a very colorful bunch too. Our band is, we have English, German, Costa Rican, Hawaiian, Okinawan, um, uh, um, African-American, we have, all, and we have uh, half Chinese, one member. We have all these different colors. It's quite a diverse group of, of colorful, Colorful youngsters, you know. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, your favorite Kirtan heroes earlier. Yeah. Who were those Kirtan heroes way back then? Way back. When I was very young, my favorite Kirtan heroes were especially Agni Dev Prabhu, yeah. more, most Achutananda Prabhu, Achutananda Maharaj. Achutananda was 16. He was one of the first members of the Hare Krishna movement in the West. 16 years old, when Prabhupada came, he sent this young boy, Chutananda, to go and live with in, in some of the temples, some of the Gaudiya Mat temples in India and Bengal, and learn the kirtan. So he was about 16, 17 when he did that, in 1966. So he was making these recordings of these bhajans that were so exotic sounding. I love the kirtan in the temple, but it had a bit of a western flavor. Whereas this Chutananda was had this more exotic Indian 
melodies and these magic rhythms, you know. So that was a Chutananda. One day I hope to release all of these old records on my record label. I'm establishing a record label where we can present grassroots kirtan and especially uh, some old vintage recordings, you know. So I want to give them to the people, you know. Achutananda, Agnidev. Agnidev is from America also. Actually, no, he's from, uh, he's from the Caribbean. Agnidev, and then Ayindra Prabhu. Ayindra Prabhu is from Brindavan. He had the 24-hour kirtan going on there. He established it 25 years ago, 26 years ago. It's been going ever since, 24-hour kirtan. So Ayindra Prabhu, and of course, Srila Prabhupada, you know, I loved his haunting voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your work, this is your income, this is your home, this is everything. Dharma, Artha, Ka, Moksha, everything together. <laughs> it's my Dharma, my Artha. Artha, you know, we say economic development. That's a bit of a, it's a bit of a simple translation for the word Artha. I prefer interest. If you have something, a particular something that is of interest to you, you can call it Artha. Artha. These are the, the Vedas discuss four topics. Dharma, Artha, Kam, Moksha. So Dharma's duty. Artha is those things of interest, especially economics and those things. Moksha is liberation. And Kam is that thing that we're attracted to. So for, for me, Kirtan is all, of, it, it's all of those things roll into one. What I do is all those things... And, <laughs> And I especially like I especially like to encourage other people to also do kirtan. Can we all join kirtan? Yes. Sure. <laughs> we have to get a big van, but uh, no. But really, I love to encourage people to hold kirtans in their homes. If you like to sing even more, maybe you can go to your yoga studio, do kirtan there, or whatever. But when you when you play the active role of moving towards kirtan, the energy of kirtan, and making it happen. Some, something happens for you inside, something happens for me anyway, you know? So uh, do kirtan, all of you, do kirtan, sing, play, don't worry about how it sounds. Krishna wants to hear the sound of our hearts, not if our voice sounds like a cat being sucked through a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> doesn't matter how you sound, doesn't matter how you sound. My Guruji used to say, used to say, you know, you can have one, you, you might have someone who's singing so nicely on the harmonium with such sweet sound, oh, such good sound. But then you may have one old man and he has no teeth, he has only what, the clothes he has on his body, one little picture of Krishna this big. And he sings with one old voice, he sings with a pure heart to that picture of Krishna. I've seen this in Vrindavan, I've seen so many people sing from the heart. You know, so I want that. I want to be able to sing from the heart. I want to sing deep from deeper and deeper in the heart. You know. No, I have no formal training. No muranga or just self taught. Yeah. Yeah, just headphones. <laughs> Just my headphones, and how I, I listen to them. I listen to the tapes, and oh, he did like this, and follow along. You know, I follow the Murunga along, and then with singing, it's come slowly. My my other band members, all amazing, naturally amazing singers. They they just all have a gift of a beautiful sounding voice, 
but for me it's taken a, a, a while to I'm still developing actually my, my I was a bit croaky when I used to when I used to sing maybe you know seven eight years ago I'd play Madonga and sing and my wife would say oh you just just play Madonga don't sing please just play Madonga <laughs> was you know not not, not so uh, a bit cracky a bit funny so developing developing with harmonium harmonium's a great teacher the harmoniums ta taught me how to sing actually you know, making this, you know, I'm a student of the harmonium, getting good tone and good sound. Yeah, so no formal training, just the instruments themselves. Prabhupada said very nicely that we learn kirtan in kirtan. That sounds good. I want to know what you experience when you sing Kirtan. You like a flute when Krishna is coming through? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've heard from the mystics that Krishna is, Radha and Krishna are in the sound of their name. They're in the sound. And so when I'm singing, sometimes I could become completely lost. Actually, quite like autopilot. I'm singing and I'm just, I have my own world going on inside, my external body singing, 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 but something else is going on. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm in a different world, but I'm still leading the kirtan. There's hundreds of people here, but I have my own thing, this own thing going on in my head, this own, some connection, some deep experience to, with connecting to the names, you know, the names of Radha and Krishna are so sweet. You know, what they mean and what to speak of the, the scientific, um, appeal and connection that it has to nature. Sanskrit is designed to to connect with the external nature. So when we say Radhe, when we say Sham, Govinda, these names mean such beautiful, special things. Go means senses. So Govinda is this person who's just drenching your senses with pleasure. All of the senses are being pleasured. The ear, the sight, the touch, the smell. Krishna is just completely all attractive. Govinda, that's what Govinda means. What a sweet word. And then what and then the way nature, the external nature, the universe responds to those names, that sound vibration coming through. And when it's done together, when everyone's singing from the heart, when people don't have reservations, what is this mantra music anyway, you know? And, but when people when it's people are coming together and sing to, and it's shared, the deeper the sharing is, the deeper everyone go the deeper I go, actually. The deeper it's dependent on the connection with who I'm singing with. And when I'm singing, I, I, I find singing with the mood, singing with the mood of service it always gets the best results. Because if I sing, Vijay, Vijay, me, 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 I'm singing for me, I have such a good voice, I'm such a good kirtan singer, no magic, no magic. The more, the closer to das we can be in kirtan, the better it is. And actually Das Anudas, the kirtan leader I was thinking, I was singing in Vrindavan Krishna Balaram Mandir at Ayendrapu's usual set. I played Madanga for Ayendrapu for a few years and he passed away now and I found myself singing at his time. He would always sing at 6.30 to 7 or 6 to 6.30. I was like, wow, I'm singing in, in one of my kirtan master's times. He used to sit right here and sing and I had some inspiration and thinking that uh, 
myself, I, I don't have so much power to sing directly for Radha and Krishna. But if I serve them together, if I can serve all of them, then there's a chance they can sing for Radha and Krishna. Me, I have no power. So let me serve them and they can sing. So in this way, I become Das Anudas. Not just direct servant. Oh, I'm a servant of Radha and Krishna. I'm Das. I'm direct servant. No, I'm the servant of the servant. So I find that's when it gets, that's when the magic is. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at the pictures on Facebook, I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> I also know that life of an artist can be difficult. Yeah. It all sounds very good because you are where the bliss is. Yeah. Um, in what sense support? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite tough. It can be quite tough. Yeah, I. Uh, oh yeah, there is. Yeah. However, I can. I'm, I. I try. I need. I need resource resources because I want to serve the world with kirtan. I want to bring back all of these old, amazing kirtan recordings that were recorded in 1968 in India, you know, and I have a Kirtan record label that's available for donation basis. So anyone can go there and they can give whatever they want from the heart and that, that money goes to supporting this old, one old Prabhupada disciple Kirtanwala who is now 70 years old and he, hasn't, he can't has, ha, have a job. He's given his whole life to singing Kirtan and serving his mission and now he's, he has no pension. So who, what will that old Kirtanir do, that old Agnidev Prabhu, when he, has, when he can't you know, continue traveling and maintaining himself? I can be of service to them, because he gave me something. So that's the one thing I want to do, is my record label, you know, and, get, and give to the world like that. So if resources are needed, yeah, for all the things I want to do, and it's tough. Sometimes I can have, my bank account is zero, sometimes there's something there, you know? It's just the way it is. You're also homeless and constantly traveling. Yeah, pretty much. We, we, did, we had a base in California. We have none now again. We're going to make another one in September, October. But no home. I have my, half of my possessions are in the room. Half, half my things. I have about 20 mudongas around the world, but uh, here and there. But mostly half of my possessions are here. Yeah. So, yeah. We're de I'm dependent. We're dependent on the invitations to come and sing kirtan, you know, and to come and do what we do. We love doing, you know. I'd rather live for that. I don't need to live for money, serving money. But money has to, you know, it, it helps us keep moving. So. Yep. She's in Hamburg right now. She's she's an also a painter. She's a very amazing painter. So she's at her parents' studio in Hamburg. Painting. She has traveled a lot now too. For the last ten years, she's been traveling, and she's gonna ground out a little bit more. We'll make a base, and I'll be traveling a lot still from there. But we'll have a stronger base in America, and hopefully one day in Berlin too. I like Berlin. You know, if we have a base in one base in Europe, one base in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have these instead. I'm going to pass them around. 
CDs are kind of like the old thing now, you know? Plus, <laughs> very old thing. CDs is like, now USBs. But even USB is old now. No, but um, it's, it's a lot to travel with in my luggage, carrying CDs everywhere. And, you know, so I have these. And uh, it has an address, a website, where you can download all of our kirtan, kirtan albums, for donation basis. <laughs> Tribangaji is guest, guest on our debut album Heart and Soul we recorded in Berlin a few years ago Tribanga is playing guitar and sitar and so you can go to this website and you can give zero or you can give whatever you want towards our music or we have many albums here we have some for the kids too electronic more hip hop kind of kirtan for the youngsters too so I'm going to pass these around at the end okay get bored in kirtan sometimes too I mean it happens but kirtan's an opportunity for us you know not we don't get to do kirtan that much not all of us some of us do but some of us not so much so when we are in kirtan then sing you know connect sing and just engage you know I think it's I think it's a good thing to try you know I think good thing to make an extra effort to engage in the san kirtan san kirtan this word is so important being that it's a yuga dharma, the, the dharma of the age, this kirtan coming together and singing and dancing and glorifying the one, God. This is, this, some of the mystics are saying this is the most amazing thing, gift to mankind, that we can gather like we are, like this very festival is a great example. When we get together, we have good prasad, good relationships, good friendships, and we chant and dance together. Such a wonderful opportunity. You know, I see it that way anyway. Just connected to this. Do you, um, there's many Kirtan groups who sing all kind of mantras. Yeah. But you once told me, yeah. when I sing Kirtan, I feel I carry a great heritage. Yeah. It's like goodness order, it's like a mood. So, where do you see the difference? The difference in? Yeah, between many other Kirtan groups who sing all kinds of yeah. and yeah. what do you do? I think having exposure, having, ha you know, when one is exposed to powerful Kirtan, like the Kirtan of, you know, a great devotee, and you've been exposed to that sound vibration and witnessing how pure the intention of their singing is, when you just experience that, that something that is so well intended, 
that's all that one great devotee is singing Radhe, 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 with his full heart, with a full being. Being exposed to that is, is what's, you know, it's a very special, special gift to have, you know. So we have some example, I want to sing like them. Otherwise we can, we just have our own little thing and it's, it can be get, a bit, get a bit boring sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would encourage anyone, everyone to do kirtan, no matter what, no matter what. No matter what they're singing, just anyhow do kirtan, you know. And because Krishna is the, just the most wonderful and the most gorgeous, and people naturally become inclined to wanting to sing for Krishna. I've seen this. I, spent, I have friends in all, all sorts of different groups, not just the Hare Krishna groups, you know, the Iskhan, Narayan Maharaj, the Sadar Maharaj, the Babaji's, the this, that, the other, all these different, you know. But then there's also other groups, like the Yogananda, the Amma group, and all these other groups, and they all sing Kirtan. And there's always a different mood, a very unique, you know, unique mood. But what I see is that at, at the end, people always have a special, special inclination towards the names of Radha and Govinda. Definitely I've seen it so many times around the world with all different groups. They sing to the different gods and this, yeah, great, very nice. But I see that there's a special magic when people are singing for Krishna, no doubt. I saw it in Brazil, I was on a, uh, in the carnival in Brazil, and we had a, a big bus, double-decker bus, high up, a big sound system, a big samba band, and two, three thousand dancing Brazilians, you know. Somehow they invited us to come and stand on this, on this stage in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. And when we started singing, Govinda Jai Jai, Govinda Jai, Gopala Jai Jai, then, and seeing all these Brazilian people dance and just get ecstatic. Ooh, nice. Good experience. Yeah. So these, especially these names, Govinda Jai Jai, Gopala Jai Jai, and Hare Krishna, Radhe Radhe, Nitai Goranga, something about those names, Nityananda Gauranga, like what a crazy sounding name, and it's... So wonderful, Gauranga, golden love, molten, golden, pure love. That's what Gauranga means, you know, golden absoluteness. You know, so I've seen, when I was very young, a Hare Krishna rock band used to come through town once in a while, I think called the Gauranga Bhajan Band or something. And being very young, six or seven, they were making us say, Gauranga, like we were doing last night. <laughs> And I remember being so young and these devotees making us chant and being on stage and playing and, and making us so excited. And then we'd say this word, Gauranga. When they say, Gauranga, we'd say, Gauranga. I connected the experience that I had, my first experience with this name, with the happiness I felt chanting it for the first time. So when I sing that name, I remember that first time I had that, that just that bliss of this name, Gauranga. You know, so when I say Gauranga, I have, it, that word has a direct connection with a blissful experience. And I, yeah, that, it's something about that name, I see it around the world too. All different cultures, all pe people with all different languages somehow respond to a few of these names, but especially Gauranga, Nityananda, Radhe Sham, Radhe Govinda, you know. Mm. So, when you didn't have the association of the devotees, how did you actually uh, 
hope or when you have severe difficulties in your life, mm. you know, at your age now, mm. uh, how do you actually uh, cope or mm. get through it? When I, when I was younger, as I said, I had my my Krishna book. It was just the old Krishna book, beautiful picture of Radha Krishna, nice pictures inside, and great stories. That was my Krishna possession. That was my Krishna connection. This book, Prabhupada's book, and as I said, I used to feed that book, <laughs> the picture on the front. You know, give some rice, and that was my connection. Now, after my recent Saturn return, when you're becoming twenty eight, nine, twenty. 30 years old and Saturn, you know, the big planet, your astrology comes and phew, gives you a good, gives you some toughening up, you know, comes and gives you some teaching. Then I found actually what's happened recently is that, especially chanting Japa, with all of my relationship issues with Japa over the last 25 years, since Ashramaj first gave me my mala when I was like five or six, and having you know lots of chanting, then no chanting, sometimes weeks, sometimes days, sometimes long time without chanting japa. And now after some suffering, now after I've, I've, I've had to suffer in life a little bit and sort of experienced some pain, that I'm finding that, hey, there's really something to this japa, you know, it really is giving me something, it's keeping me steady. It's, I don't know what, it, what effect it has on my mind, but I feel better, I feel connected, I feel grounded. It has a tangible effect. Now I can see it more clearly because I've suffered. But when I hadn't suffered, maybe I didn't have so much connection to my mala. So, so are you actually saying that even though you actually did uh, kirtan, uh, yes, there was some uh, um, benefit in doing that. Yeah. But you were saying that um, because you didn't do any japa, yeah. that caused maybe some issues. It didn't make any issues because I wasn't doing japa necessarily. I think that life just gives you things to deal with, we have to grow, so life, you know, comes in and helps us grow. But, you know, the, the japa during that time, uh, bringing japa, and then making a very strong sankalpa, like making a vow almost, a, a willful connection to my chanting, because it makes me, because it, it makes everything better. Definitely, like there's no argument, I have 25 years ex of my own experience to know that chanting japa makes me happier. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Not anymore. And kirtan, yeah. And ki the kirtan is also more powerful when we chant japa. Definitely, the kirtan becomes more. Everything is more wonderful. What to speak of just kirtan? No doubt about it. My guru Maharaj used to say very simply. You know, Prabhupada gave us sixteen rounds, but my guru Maharaj used to say, you know, try and give just four rounds to, to Krishna fasting in the morning. Take your shower, wake up, take a shower, sit down, fix your mind, chant four rounds, just right there. No, this bit of this, bit of that, bit of iPad, bit of Facebook, bit of the. No, just four rounds, four quality rounds, and see the difference it makes in your day. So now I've seen the difference, finally. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wonder, you said you had a brother who was meditating in a holistic way yeah. for six hours. Yeah. And, um, did you ever talk to him, or from your point of view, what was the discussion, or what is the relationship? Because there's such a big difference. Big, yeah, quite, quite a distinct difference. It's an ongoing uh, discussion. We're still discussing more. He's still, he's still researching Buddhism, and uh, it's a very interesting because we have different perspectives, and some of the 
language that we have in the, the Krishna world for certain philosophical things, certain philosophical conclusions. And some of our perspectives, of course, naturally it's different in Buddhism. They have a different understanding of mind, ego, and all these different things. So essentially, it's the same. It's the same theory, but you know, we, we say very flat out, oh yes, Buddhism is essentially zero. It's, it's essentially coming from nothingness. Whereas my brother seems to have a different thing. It's technically not zero, but it's this. It's a bit of a really technical, philosophical thing between us, but um, I, I like to, I want, I, I want to know more about Buddhism from him, for one. But I do want to also establish that there's more to the story. You know, Buddha gave, he's, you know, he said, he said, out with the Vedas, ahimsa param dharma, non-violence is the highest religion, practice that. And then later Shankaracharya came along and said, actually, it's not all zero, it's all one. So Shankaracharya came and developed the story. And then after that, we had Madhvacharya who was saying, no, it's not all one, it's all two. Peace, he was the first one to hold the peace sign. Madhvacharya, like this. He's like this. And big, sometimes you see photos of him in the temples. One big, nice painting of a big Vaishnava like this, doing the peace sign. And he's saying, actually, it's all two. You have God and the energy of God. You have God and you have the living entities. You have the lover and the beloved. He was saying, no, it's all two. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming along and saying, actually, it's not just one. It's not just two, but it's both simultaneously, inconceivably. So essentially the, the conclusion of knowledge is not just one and it's not just two, it's both and more. So that's what I'm trying to share with my brother, that there's more to the story. Keep, keep looking. Have a look at Shankaracharya's philosophy, have a look at the other Vaishnava schools of philosophy. There's good presentations, you know, good presentations of theology and, and philosophy. But didn't you get same thing, didn't he go also to Kirtans? What do you think makes any difference that you are like in Krishna consciousness and yeah. he's more in Buddhistic? What, from your point of view, what, what do you think? I think it might be a simple, it might be a simple, I have a suspicion that it might be as simple as karma. His, his mother, his, his mother um, and my father, our father also broke up later on and Maybe there's some rebellion thing. He didn't want to get fully with the Krishna thing because his mom had some issues a little bit later on. And, and he's found something that's still... Because he's philosophically inclined and spiritually inclined, my brother. But uh, he's found this Buddhist thing to be interesting at the moment. I don't know why, necessarily. But it's also a natural thing for him. Yeah, it's very natural, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that he can just sit and meditate for six hours in a day. It's just like, you know, I don't, I don't understand, but. <laughs> The day after that Q&A session, I also asked Vijay a couple more questions about his life as a Kirtaniya. Sometimes you can hear the sound of jet fighters in the background, which was the complete opposite of the usually very peaceful atmosphere at Schweibenalp, 
in the Bernese Highlands or Berner Oberland, as they say in German. skip all those initial questions and um, I think you also answered the question when the Kirtan group was founded maybe you can repeat that again yeah, we, that was. we founded in 2009 at Kulimala 2000, yeah, Kulimala August and um, in Los Angeles and then we started playing in 2010 so we, even though we established in 2009, we didn't play. We, we started playing the next year. So it's the fifth year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember when I, I got this t-shirt here. <laughs> That's the first album, Heart and Soul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was... A, I think it was a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Is that also how you produce the albums now? Or um, No, some of them I funded from... You know, um, Kirtanir's money. That we've, you know, I use like the one we did with Chevy Saban. Sometimes some of these collaboration remixes we've done with other DJs and electronic music producers. They've you know volunteered some nice mixes and. Mm. And by now you have already have four albums, I think. Eh? Well, we have Heart and Soul is really the album. Essentially, I would say one normally. <laughs> Life of Rudra Mandir is also an album. It's more shanty and has a bit, bit more, you know, life feel. And Nitai Grung is a single, and the Krishna Govinda remix is, um, yeah, is remix album. And then we have one more coming soon. Really nice um, song with the children from Sunny Pani Munitskol in Brindavan. We wrote a song and uh, started singing it with them and recorded a, a wonderful music video. Oh, it's going to be a, a It's not released yet. It's not, okay. yeah. It's a music video on the song. Very nice. And on the on the albums, is there, I think on, on Heart and Soul, there's one or two Maha Mantras, and the rest is different bhajans. Different bhajans, yeah. yeah. So the new one with the Sandipani Muni, School, it's a it's, it's a bhajan or it's also maha mantra. It's a bhajan. It's a dun. We call it dun in India, just like a chant, you know, mm. a simple chant. Yeah, not maha mantra. Okay. Um, I have to ask this question: What's your favorite country, city, or location for doing kirtan with the group? Favorite country, city, or or location in general? Oh, that's tough. That really is tough. For me, myself, for part, my partaking or my... Um, Together with the group, you know. To just what, without as, group? Kirtaniyas. That's Kirtaniyas. As, as Kirtaniyas, yeah. yeah. Where is the best audience? Where is the best vibration? <laughs> where is that? Where it's oh, most ecstatic? Or? That's a tough question. It's pretty tough. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. Best is a very variable thing. And and doing kirtan alone, mm -hmm. where is is there any preference 
or doing Kitten alone or with a f- yeah like like doing not as a band but with different devotees like traditional style yeah. um, is there a temple you like very much in Brindavan to do Kirtan like. or or in the west any mm. temple or, or New Braj in California is outstanding mm-hmm. I like playing Kitten there a lot I have lots of my band members and family there and we when we play we play you know it's really ecstatic you know New Braj in California but this is not um, the Prabhupada temple the, the golden temple no that's New Brindavan a New Braj is a different one yeah New Braj is it was a, um, it was a settlement of our Prabhupada disciples and then my Gurudev came and inspired them all and other communities mostly his disciples and it's in the city or it's in the countryside? No, it's central California between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yeah, it's in the mountains. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's extra, extra fun doing Kirtan. I love doing Kirtan in Brazil too. They really, they go for it. <laughs> They're fired up. I haven't been in a while and yeah, they get into it. I like seeing people get into it. I recently saw some videos of Madhava doing kirtan in South Africa. Also, the African people—they are yeah. very fired up in dancing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're dancing on stage like in a formation. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. Um, what's your meditation before you go on stage, or? on stage I don't know if there is time to, to meditate for you before you go on stage what, what is it you try to meditate on when you start the kirtan <clears throat> I ask my gurudevs to provide the inspiration for these people to chant yeah. I, I ask that they come and dance with us they come dance with us I ask that our Guru, Guru Varga, our Guru Parampara, that all of them will come and bless our kirtan by dancing in it. Sometimes when I do kirtan on a stage, like here at Bhakti Festival, it's it feels a bit different than when you do kirtan in a temple and you sit in a circle. Um, so sometimes it feels, to me at least, like a performance. Mm-hmm. And um, personally, I think kirtan is not really, it's not a performance. Mm-hmm. It's something different, you know, you do it together, it's some kirtan. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you avoid to become puffed up on stage or to... to be hum- still humble when thousands of people are dancing mm. and singing with you. Um, one meditation, one very strong thing that works for me is having a very strong intention that all glories to the name, that the glory, the, the glory all goes to the name, not to me. You know, that I'm serving them glorifying the name because I have no strength, but I have some, maybe some ability I don't want to necessarily shy away from that ability. I want to dance with it. I want to engage my ability. So I can do that by encouraging others to chant. 
especially first encounters. People that are coming to being touched by the name and the Sankirtan being expressed to its fullest. Sankirtan really essentially has to be expressed to its fullest. That's why I would say my, my, I have a theory that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarajit Thakur he didn't, he didn't put on some of the uh, cultural Kirtan festivals you know, like they have in Bangladesh where they set up a tent and have Nam Jagyas and it was the Kirtan groups that would come and sing very opulently, very sweet, very amazing Oriental um, uh, exotic rags Mahamantra, very nice, very nice Muranga playing, it's all you see all, all going on with these guys, you know, these guys who support their families by, by playing in this way. So Sajra Shitaku didn't really bring that, that, that thing in that was really a cultural, a very important cultural part of Bengal. You know, he was rather in, interested in maybe simple, having it more simple, a more simple approach that everyone should be engaged. And that, as far as I see, is sang, more Sankirtan than this more performance-orientated presentation of the names. San means full, means wholesome, means everything's included, means it's all captured, everything is synthesized. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the ultimate perfect synthesis of it all. When we're chanting Sankirtan, it's the body of Mahaprabhu, it's, it's him. So it's full. That means everyone should, should essentially be able to at least participate. So as maximum participation is the goal. That's what I like about Kirtan. When I'm, I feel like Kirtan is being affected, effective, it means that there's maximum participation. And that can also be good for some, you know, taking, that's not to say giving people something to, some smile army is also very nice. When we sing one nice song, we give a, tell a story. Here's a story of this author who wrote this beautiful song of humility. And you sing it to them and they become enchanted. They understand the foundation of humility and its importance through a song. So it's nice to give these seeds. I like receiving these seeds, seeds of contemplation. So, um, what are your preferences when it comes to instruments that accompany the kirtan? Do you like all kinds of accompaniment, or do you prefer um, traditional style instruments? Depends what kind of kirtan I'm doing. Essentially, in my, I was just talking with someone about this and. My internal world, I like traditional kirtan. My external, more my, my, my story, my karma, pulls me to want to engage people at all costs in feeling that they could, too can be engaged in the kirtan. Maximum participation is the goal. If that means making hip-hop Hare Krishna, to, so people can be turned on, then, then that's provided. Absolutely, that's provided. We offer pasta to Krishna. <laughs> You know, so I, I definitely like to. I want to be one of these Nityananda agents of taking it as far and wide as it can. But for myself, oh, there's nothing like the sweet touch of Muranga. It's the zenith. The Muranga is God's instrument. <laughs> so when you do concerts, you mix the two. Like you have some traditional songs, and then you have some hip hop style, or is it like different? kinds of events where you do this or that style of uh, kirtan? It depends on the event. Sometimes we're more inclined to want to just, just do electronic. Sometimes you just want to do acoustic. It depends on the, the theme of the festival, how many 
we always try and fill it out. It's really according to the, the setting. I saw that video of, um, um, I think this is the song called Gornitai or Nitai Goranga. Nitai Goranga, yeah. yeah. At this um, festival of colors somewhere yeah. in the US, I guess. Yeah. It's an amazing video. Is it, what kind of festival is that? Is that organized by devotees or is it. Yeah. It's organized by a Srila Prabhupada disciple named Charu Dasbu. And uh, his, his, his efforts in spreading Krishna culture have been wonderful in, in the United States. He's been a great agent for spreading the, the glory of India, you know. And um, yeah, he has a temple in Utah. And he puts on this festival once a year on the, the front side of his temple. And uh, yeah, sometimes 60 to 80,000 kids turn up over the weekend. Yeah. Over the course of the whole weekend? Yeah. And, and then for the festival, they're like. Just one, one main, pretty much one main stage. There's a couple of small little things going on the side. But for the most part, the attraction is, you know, <clears throat> Charo's, you know, hand selected some nice. In mantra infused bands, you know, and uh, just get people to chant however he can. And in between, he MCs and says some really nice, nice little bite-sized piece of of information of wisdom. Very nice. Yeah. So we get invited to that festival. So it's there's a favor. There's some holy festivals also going on in Europe, and the one that is also taking place in Switzerland is not done by devotees and it's very commercialized yeah so it's uh, that was all it's all been inspired from this original festival that we play at all of them have followed suit they've seen a video and they've gone and said hang on a minute there's a multi-million euro idea there <laughs> but it's really like like a it's like a rock festival it's yeah it's not uh, it's not it's not, gonna, it's, not has, it's not gonna be sustainable this festival is, de- is dependent on you know uh, cultural roots not just throwing colors in the air. This this festival is sacred. It's wonderful. Not to say, you, sh- you know, whatever, get turned on, but, you know, essentially the, the festivities at a, at a festival of colors are, you know, next level. Not just incorporating our usual cocktail of, you know, stimulus. Mm. You know, have a beer and go and dance around the uh, festival of colors. So I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about your um, association with Aindra. Um You told me a little bit already yesterday. Um, when have you met Aindra Prabhu for the first time? Do you remember that? In 2003. Kartik, down <laughs> blew my mind. I couldn't believe he was, I just, I couldn't ever imagine what he would look like. I'd never seen a photograph. I just spent so much time with his singing. I didn't have a clue where he was from. I just knew he chanted amazingly. And then I saw him singing, I saw him dressed in the way he was dressed, with his glasses down, with his little clipboard and his dumb rastakam prayers, and he was singing it so steady. It was so steady. Vrindavan, Prabhu, and I think it was Vish playing Muranga. Yeah, seeing those two play fine, Prabhu, 2003. And then he started cracking into the the post-Tamandrasta come. 
Hare Krishna, and it was just a magic year, man. You know, I think it was magic for many people for some reason. At least for me, anyway. I'm seeing that memory and being in Kartik 2003 and getting to see him sing for the first first ever times. And then after that, and yeah, the relationship increased and I, my desire to want to sit next to him and sit next to his feet <laughs> and play Ranga was increasing. So you stayed there for a longer period of time in 2003? No, I went... What did I do then? So stuck. Oh, I think I went to Australia after that. I didn't start getting closer to the Kirtan until... 2005, I think it was. Yeah, that's when I started getting close and I spent Kartik to Navadit Paragam time. Like three years, three, maybe two or three, two and a half seasons, mm. you know, just playing, 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 sometimes by myself, quite a lot by myself actually at one point when Brindavan and Govinda and Gopal were all out of town. So I got to play for a while, that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, and it was nice connecting with him philosophically. You know, his his connection to his purpose and what he inspired, what's, what he's been inspiring so many so many of us to do in terms of sankirtan and spreading the glory. His uh, he has strong foundation. That's why he, he had the shakti he had. You know, he's talking about you know sankirtan, but he didn't leave the temple yet. He's been there for 24 years and he's created such ripples from that small temple, from singing that shift. And sometimes singing much more early on, earlier on, of course. But the amount of ripples that he created for just from that one spot, the, the generation that he's inspired, the power is absolutely astounding. It is, yeah. yeah. So when you, you um, did Kirtan with him, you also stayed in the ashram, or you stayed outside? No, I always stayed outside. I like to keep it just a healthy distance. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin any relationships with any any little thing, you know. So I just maintain a healthy, what I consider a healthy distance. And you came to the temple in the morning, afternoon. Yeah, sometimes two shifts. A lot, mostly in the evening time. Up until RT. Yeah, that's really the the best shift. That was playing with. Ram Roy and Govinda, Gopal, Bundavan. Yeah, that was, that was, I'm so happy I had that time. What can I say? I had two or three years of that, you know. It was a really nice growing time. So, what was it like to be in Kirtan with the Indra? Um, you said already it's, it was amazing it was very steady and what would you say was his mood and how did it feel to be in Kirtan with him I think his mood was his driving force to encourage people to chant that was really like the, the power of this thing this effect that he had you know of really like chant chant that's the first words he ever said to me what the third or fourth time he said bolo bolo and I was like what bolo bolo I was like what he said chant chant oh because I was just spaced, I was probably just admiring him singing and I spaced out <laughs> and stopped singing so he was like bolo bolo 
Um, so yeah, that was his thing, man. You know, really creating a mood, but just you know, let's get people engaged. And that was why you know he, that's why he told why he told me he uh, the, the design for his you know halftime rhythm was really to make people kind of focus and you know get with it. You can you can sing this tune, you know. Halftime rhythm. What exactly do you mean by halftime rhythm? Govinda, you know the beat that he used to play a lot, um, especially um, I don't really know what years, but pretty much he just that was his thing. Just the so half, half speed two tone oh. rhythm. Or that one and the and the um, well, I don't even know what tone it is to be honest, but dintal or whatever, you know the four four. He had halftime. Govinda designed this beat. I think it was inspired by maybe some Babaji Kirtan or some. Mm. You know, I've seen, I've heard such beats before, but Govinda designed this nice beat. And he taught it to Vrindavan. Yeah, told me yeah, that he learned it from Govinda. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Ayn, Ayn needed the beat. He needed this beat. So Govinda get onto it. <laughs> More or less, I think that's um, at least the way I know the story. Yeah, and that was interesting learning that. It was a really nice experience. Being yeah. able to play that, it was, yeah. Do you sometimes play that rhythm also in, in your kirtans or...? Um, actually, yeah, we have, we have done it in the past. I think we should do it more, actually. I think we're going to start. I think it's a little bit difficult for, even for the cartels, yeah. to follow. It's, yeah. Because it's so slow. You've really got to have a crew. That was what it was all dependent on. That's when people don't do it because people really can't do it. I don't hear it anymore. And I remember one time in particular, I was in the temple room with the boys post, you know, after Einstein had left and yeah it was a it was a quite a failed attempt that's for sure to say the same you know almost the same team but couldn't have the engaging I think, factor I think Amal Harinam he he gets it quite good mm -hmm. I heard him do it I think at Radhadash Mellows mm -hmm. and that was quite nice mm. yeah if anyone can I think he's definitely you mentioned two other devotees um, who inspired you doing Kirtan was uh, Agnidev Prabhu and Achutananda, I think. Yeah, these are the absolute OGs of my Kirtan life. They're, they're the, the source. Yeah. I also, I know Agnidev. I know his Kirtans. Yeah. They're very, very sweet, very yeah. special. Yeah. I was wondering why he doesn't, he, he doesn't play harmonium. No. I always thought he, he was playing himself, but mm -hmm. then yeah. I realized he didn't. Yeah. Always, always someone uh, yeah, accompanying. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Ananda, you also had personal... Yes, just two years, two or three years ago. Well, it was a trip, actually, because he, he was off the map as far as I was concerned. No one knew where Achutananda was. No one knew, I mean, no one I knew knew where he was. And he was my hero. He was the absolute OG. He was what my dad was listening to and what got my dad caught in bhajans, you know? So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I remember his kirtans. I remember some old tape recordings that might be a Tutananda. It sounded like Bengali-style bhajans. Yeah, it was very bengali sound. And he recorded a lot of bhajans, yeah. traditional bhajans. Yeah. It might be, you know, if it's not him, it might be uh, Riksharaj also. Riksharaj was, he had a couple of tapes and he was, he was in one sense a bit more 
musically refined one can say at least his presentation was I know that Chutananda was doing jazz when he met Shri Prabhupada and um, but Rick Shiraj also has some wonderful recordings really really good so you did Kirtan personally with both of them yeah actually it was such a trip especially the Rick Shiraj story because um yeah, he hadn't he hadn't entered the Hare Krishna temple for like twenty five years, and then somehow we met each other. And I was managing the Rose Temple in Los Angeles at that time, and pulled him in. You know, Rickshaw, like this this legend. You know, of yeah, definitely a legend. Trap pulled him in, and he, for the first time in twenty five plus years, you know. He, sat down put, and sung a bhajan you know rusty rusty but you know that he, he knew how you know you know that he knew how he was rusty but yeah he had a really special voice special sounding voice good he had good expression he passed on recently too yeah. so I even got to hang out with him once or twice one time in Kirtan and I give thanks for that and 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 also, yeah, Chutananda Nalachua. He comes to my Guru Maharaj's temple. And I got to play Madanga for him once. <laughs> I got to play with Aindra. Agni Dev Prabhu. Like, pretty much all of my heroes. Vyat Vyasagi Prabhu. You know, give thanks, you know. <laughs> Getting some nice opportunity. Yeah, he's also still traveling, huh? Yeah. Amazing, yeah. You already said yesterday that um, the plan for pretty much the rest of your life is to do kirtan, so I don't have to ask this question again. <laughs> um, but I'm going to ask, what, what are your more immediate plans for the next, for the near future? Um, my immediate plans. I'm going to, I think I'm going to jump on India. I want to go and play in India a bit more. The people there are appreciative of it. And, yeah. As Kirtaniyas in um, India? Yeah, as with the band. Ideally, as many of us as possible. Mm-hmm. And just storm it. Go to Calcutta, Delhi, Mumbai. With the whole crew? Yeah, that'd be great. That's really what I'd like to do. Somehow, if that could be facilitated, then I'd be very happy. Ten of us. Maybe a film crew, too. Wow. And a bus. And just rocking up with the crew and playing. That I really like to do that, like an India Kirtan tour adventure thing. Very nice. You mentioned also one other project, um, the record label. Yeah. Grassroots Kirtan. Yeah. Maybe you can say a little bit about it. Yeah. um, It's called Shriyam Records. Shriyam is uh, has high significance um, connection with the reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's coming and um, yeah it's to present grassroots kirtan and um, a donation basis and um, supporting um, other projects too so the, the donations coming in will go to the kirtan group or singer to support them especially I'd love to support some of the elders that are now don't have no pension because they gave their life to a mission and um, 
yeah, I'd love to be able to serve those Vaishnavas with, you know, representing their music and um, supporting them. Very nice. Yeah, we'd love to play some of those kirtans on the radio. Mm-hmm. So please uh, let us know mm-hmm. as soon as uh, the first recordings will be available. Mm-hmm. And uh, absolutely <laughs> great. I think that's uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time, and um, all the best for. For the Indian tour, mm-hmm. yeah, and the rest of your kirtan life. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Hare. That's it for this episode of the 24-Hour Kirtan Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. If you want to listen to more Gaudiya-style Kirtan, please go to 24hourkirtan.fm or listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn, Apple TV, and many other apps and devices. If you would like to contribute to 24-Hour Kirtan Radio, please visit our community website at community.24hourkirtan.fm. I wish you all a blissful Kartik month and many ecstatic kirtan experiences. Stay tuned. Jai Radhe.
Krishna. 